the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, St. Peter gives us a persuasive testimony of the power of faith in the epistle that we just heard. The testimony of what comes from faith. We just heard portions of what came in chapter 11 of Hebrews. I'd like to read a little bit more of what he says. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which were seen were not made of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. By faith, Sarah herself was also received strength to conceive seed. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as if by dry land. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. And then he continues what we heard in the, the epistle today. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, and so on and so forth. How many times did he say by faith? Many times. His point, this was to give the people encouragement. In the epistle of Hebrews, this was a time when the Jewish people were brought to the faith and then under persecution were turning back. And so he's writing this testimony to them. By faith, all of these things have happened. By faith, they were not afraid to do what seemed insurmountable. So we might ask, what lies at the opposite end of faith? What is the opposite of faith? Our first thought might be disbelief. In fact, at the opposite side of faith is fear. Why is this? Because fear is ultimately not trusting in God's providence. Do we really believe that God is active in every moment of every day of my life, and your life, and every other person's life? Do we really believe that? Because if we really did believe that, if we really did have the faith in that, we wouldn't fear. 
Now that might sound like an easy equation, and then I'm supposed to tell you, well, just go get more faith so you don't fear anymore. It's not as simple as that. It's not. But we must recognize, first and foremost, if we have fear, it is a crisis of faith. It is not anything else of the external world that we see around us. Do I really believe that I will only get sick if God allows it? Before I talk more about fear, I should talk about taking precautions. What's the difference between taking precautions and being fearful? Because, of course, we need to take precautions. In the current situation, there are many precautions that are given to us, and we must take them. But fear is like an overlay on top of that. It's like glasses that we're wearing. And so everything that we look at in precaution now is seen through the lens of our fear. And fear, like glasses, it's something that we can see on other people, but we oftentimes can't see them on ourselves. So it takes discernment to realize, do I have fear rising within me? So how do we look for that? How do we look for fear within us? We look inside here. Because the signs of fear are pretty clear if we're looking there. Elevated heart rates, anxiety, worry, that knot in the stomach. Our body actually is a pretty good indicator of the fear that is within us. If we're listening to it. If we're listening to it. So as we look to take precautions about things in life, let's look inside first so that we can see and understand what's going on there. Because if fear is within the, us, it's not a matter of precautions that will help us. Our Lord said to his disciples when he was walking on the water, Why are you fearful, O little of faith? See, he directly connects the two. We have fear when we have a lack of faith. But our Lord also says in Isaiah, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I called you by name, for you are mine. And again in Isaiah, You are my servant, I have chosen you, and have not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And just a few chapters after our, the passage that we read in Hebrews is another passage. The Lord himself said, has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So often when we have fear, we don't realize it or we're in a state of denial about what's going on within us. I'm just being cautious, we might say to ourselves. And again, caution is not a bad thing. Precautions are not a bad thing. But we have to look, what is going on inside of me? What is going on inside of me in all of this? I'd like to read a letter from Bishop Irenae Steenberg. He's the bishop of the church. At the uh, he's a bishop of London, 
And this is a letter that he wrote to his flock regarding the current situation. I wish I could say it better, but I can't, so I'll read what he says instead. And he's also written a wonderful book called The Beginnings of a Life of Prayer. Dear faithful and beloved, as we enter now fully into this Lenten period leading to the bright resurrection of Christ, we find ourselves also in a period where many are stricken with fear at the spread of the new virus, which is affecting people in many parts of the world. Since many are asking how this situation is to be approached within our church consciousness, I write to you in this initial week of the great fast to share the comfort and solace of the church. The Church of Christ has endured through many centuries, in the course of which she has been confronted with countless illnesses and diseases, small and great. In solid faith and with peaceful hearts, each member of the Church, knowing that he or she is part of no worldly or man-made institution, but the harbor of life that is Christ's body. We are fed the food not of men, but of angels. We are inspired by the truth not of this world, but of God himself. And we are ruled not by worldly fear, which grows and begets more fear, but by the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding and brings unfailing comfort, whether in times of peace or peril. In the present moment, I therefore urge you to not be afraid, nor let the concerns of the moment shake you from the firm foundation that is unhindered faith in the living God, who heals the sick and restores the brokenhearted. The present situation may be a cause of great upset in the world around us, but in the church and in our Christian lives, we continue unhindered and undeterred in all that God has delivered into our hands for the salvation of our souls. Local governments will be issuing various instructions and protocols for managing and controlling the spread and effects of this momentary health challenge. We urge all the faithful to be acquainted with these practical instructions, which include more frequent washing of hands, attentiveness to personal hygiene, and in such matters to adhere to these instructions from our local governments calmly and sensibly. Carrying on otherwise in faithful peacefulness with the matters of day-to-day -day life. Should travel restrictions or other measures be set in place in various regions, we shall adhere to these in quietude and calm. You see, in everything, he's not describing so much what we should be doing as how. How we should be doing this. In all such things, we should be examples to the world of pious trust in God that leads not to undisciplined alarm, but rather to a continuance of life in an untroubled spirit and undisturbed reliance on the divine will. In our churches, we shall continue with the celebration of all of our services and above all, the offering and the receiving of the holy mysteries in precisely the same manner as we have always done. No genuinely believing Christian can for a moment accept that the holy mysteries might bring or be the source of sickness or ill health. By no means. The mysteries of Christ are the true medicine of our souls and bodies and bring nothing but life and life eternal. Any whose hearts are troubled by present matters should pray fervently for an increase of faith so that fear can be cast aside. And the church will continue her ancient witness to the love that is beyond fear, bringing the holy mysteries to the world and to each of us in a time when it needs them profoundly. Do not be afraid. 
As we sing so frequently in these Lenten days, God is with us. And He is merciful and loving, quick to hear and heal and save. God is with us. This is the theme of this season. And it is fitting that in God's providence, we have a time where that statement is really challenged. Is God with us? Now there may be some of you who are not really affected by the fear of the current situation. And that's okay. But you're not unaffected by fear. We have economic uncertainty in different times of our life. We have a change of location, a change of job, a change of different relationships with our family members. Fears about our children growing up into a particular world. Fears about our own health and our mortality. Fear is everywhere around us. So if it's not this current situation for you, hear the words nonetheless. You see, fear is only a spiritual problem. Fear is only a spiritual problem. But we so often don't see it as such. We feel it inside here, and we look everywhere around us to soothe it. We look to our logic. We might tell ourselves, well, in this current situation, the danger is relatively low, and da-da-da, and all of these things, and if I wash my hands, we'll be okay, and follow these precautions. We look to adding more precautions to our lives. We look to judging the people around us. Who's that person that's coughing in the store? Huh? So many different ways in which we are trying to soothe our own fear. But fear is a spiritual problem. It has no other solution outside of our spiritual lives. I want to be clear about that. Because we look in many places to soothe our fear. And one of my favorite places to look to soothe our fear, get more information. Go to the media, go to our social media, go to the internet, because that's going to help me when I have fear. Many of us should just be turning off our screens. Especially if the fear is gripping you in this particular situation, turn off your screen. You don't need to read about it. Oh, but I just need to know if there's been another case in Washington County or in this county. I just need to know that. To be clear, we cannot get sick unless God allows it. And that's not to say He won't allow it. He may allow it in my life. I may get coronavirus. The people around you may. We don't know. But it is all within God's providence. That's the part to remember, to hold fast to, because God is with us. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be moved and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Psalm 56, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God I have put my trust, I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? You see, fear is the devil's playground. 
the place where the evil one can stir us in all different kinds of directions, wherever he wants us to go, whatever he can do to make us more isolated, more anxious, more paralyzed. And we look everywhere for the way to not be afraid. But again, I say to you, it is only a spiritual problem. We have so many things in life that cause us worry and anxiety and fear. And I wish it were as simple as just saying, don't be fearful, have more faith. But I know it's much harder than that. So what must we do? The starting point is in our hearts. The starting point is recognizing that we have the glasses of fear that we're wearing and that we're looking around the world in a fearful way. That's the starting point, the realization of it. And for us, sometimes it takes a while. You have a family situation and it's just this slow nodding up inside. And eventually there's a little explosion at a loved one that you've been really anxious and fearful about the decisions they're making in their life. And if you looked, Inside yourself, you would see this knot is tightening and tightening and tightening inside of us. That's what we need to be looking for, first and foremost. Now, when we see that, how do we untie the knot? If it's a spiritual problem, the only answer is repentance. This is the only answer. Because if I'm recognizing fear is a lack of faith then I need to recognize I have a lack of faith. And that's okay, because God knows that. It's okay to admit to ourselves, I have a lack of faith. Lord, have mercy. God, I am not trusting you in this situation at all. Look at me. Look at how I'm responding to the people around us. Look at all the obsessive things that I'm doing. Look at me, Lord. I'm not trusting in you. Help me, Lord. Grant me the strength to not approach anything in life in fear. These are prayers of repentance. And this is what we can offer again and again. Because that wave rising within us, we just say that prayer and then it disappears. Is that how it works? Of course not. It rises again. And we offer prayer again. And it rises again. And we offer prayer again. And it rises again. And we offer prayer again. Again and again and again. And the evil one will come in and he'll throw something right in your face. You'll be walking through a door and someone will cough in your face or something like that. There we go. Again. I will not get sick unless God allows me to get sick. And if I get sick, it's because God has allowed me to get sick. And he knows and he will carry me through this. And if I die from whatever I face, God has allowed for that. This is the strength of faith. This is the strength that gives us the peace that we need. So when I feel the fear rising within me, a simple thing that we can all do is turn off our screens. We see that this is an issue of God and not of our logic or of any other solution. We can turn to our Lord and say, as in Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, in this I will be confident. 
One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. This right here is where we need to be. If we need faith, where better to seek it than in God's house? This is where we need to be. My brothers and sisters, God is with us. And furthermore, as we sing later on in the Great Confine each Monday evening, if you haven't come, please come. We sing God is with us again and again. And then we sing, Lord of the powers, be with us. For in times of distress, we have no other help but you. In times of distress, we have no other help but you. We're singing this. We need to sing this each and every day. When you have a fearful situation, sing that hymn. If you don't know it, come on Monday nights and learn this hymn. Because it's a beautiful hymn. And it reminds us of this truth. So sing that. Say the sentence like St. Saint, uh, Paul said in his epistle today. He said, in faith, again and again. In faith, I will go to the grocery store. In faith, I will not be afraid to enter my workplace. In faith, I will encounter whatever I endure on this day. This is what it takes. And read the Psalms. I read some of the Psalms, but read them all the more. In everything, everything is within God's providence. This is the message that we must remind ourselves. Everything is within God's providence. May we be strengthened in faith, knowing that God truly is with us. Amen.